0: Opening program parameters, player code established. Welcome to the program, a production of TheMetalRobot.com. Nobody cares about the robot gimmick. Just start the fucking show already. Ugh. humans are determined assholes. This is The Metal Robot Podcast. Initializing playback Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between. We're on the last episode of March as we go into the second quarter of 2022. That can only mean two things. One, Roxel the Clown crawls out of his cocaine-laced burrow to tell us that we'll have six more weeks of winter, but also some new music to look forward to. What are you excited for coming up in April, May, and June? Send me a tweet at the Metal Robot. I'll also sit down with our good friend Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise to talk all about that. Also, TDW, Tom DeWitt will join us to take us into his world in the first part of a three-part series. We talked for quite a while. What can I say? We love to talk. News of the week to follow that, but coming up in a few moments, we'll get into this week's new releases, including Dream Widow's new album, to see if the Foo Fighters should just start writing metal music. Rest in power, Taylor Hawkins. You'll be missed. All this and more, so let's not waste much more time, and let's get into the show. I'm Tom McKay, and this is the Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Episode 23 of the podcast, thanks for being here. I know the mosh pit can get a bit nuts, but especially if the robot's involved, but we're here to have a good time and talk about some new metal. Speaking of, quite a few releases this week to end the month of March, and I had to pick four of them to talk about, meaning I had to leave out A Bath and Animals as leaders. They're good, by the way, go check them out. But anyways, Here's the four I ended up going with to review this week. If you have any albums you want me to talk about on future episodes of the podcast, send me an email, tmkay at the metalrobot.com. That's t themetalrobot.com. Or you can reach out on socials, Facebook and Twitter at the Metal Robot, Instagram at the dot metal robot. Now, without further ado, let's take a look at what we've got. So, Dream Widow. I'll be honest, I didn't think this album was coming out, (laughs) I I thought it was a joke, but… So for those who have not been following, Dream Widow is the Foo Fighters' dick-around-and-write-some-metal project that that was made in conjunction with their movie Studio 666. By the way, who ended up seeing that? I I heard it didn't go so well. But regardless, the story goes, Dream Widow was a band that was in the studio before the Foo Fighters, who wound up all getting killed by the frontman before going solo because the house was haunted. And this album was supposedly the album that was made in that house during this time. But now that this haunted album is out, what is the consensus of the album? Is it good? Does it rip harder than my asshole after a spicy burrito from Olga's back van? Well. Yeah, yeah it does. I know that's probably not shocking to some of you, and to others you're currently smashing your phone against the wall in (laughs) protest to such blasphemy, but it's true, the Foo Fighters did a great job making a heavy as balls metal album. The band already featured expert songwriters as it is, but their love for metal comes forth in this album. From the obvious Slayer tribute of Encino, all the way to the slow doom metal burn of Becoming, the band knows how to write some great metal music. Wait, slow doom? Wasn't the first single a thrashing death metal jam? Yes, and there's still a few of those on this album, but turns out March of the Insane was meant to lure people in with the appetizer, while the self-titled album becomes the full buffet. Like the sludgy stoner metal stomp of Cold, the death-heavy metal jam of The Sweet Abyss, the new wave heavy metal tinge of Angel with Severed Wings, and so much more. The album is so versatile that it's hard to find anything that people won't enjoy. Through and through, this album is a great treat. But I'm also a Foo Fighters fan, so my judgment could easily be compromised because Senpai Grohl is involved. So to balance things out a bit, the album can become jarring sometimes. The constant style changes can cause a slight bit of whiplash if you're not careful. In the first three songs, we went straight from the speed demon of Encino to the slow-plotting cold and then back to the intense fast fuckery with March of the Insane. I know I was personally thrown off by it, even though those songs are great. Also the ten-minute instrumental fluff of Lacrimas del Ibrias is something that I personally think at least, didn't need to be there. It's a fluff song that added nothing to the album other than 10 extra minutes. I know someone will like this drone-style instrumental, but I do hope the Foo Fighters know 33 Minutes is also a full album, right? But even with all those flaws, this is still an album made by true metal fans. Yes, the Foo Fighters aren't a metal band, but should that negate them from writing metal and actually doing a good job at it? The elitist anal lickers will say yes. But, with a 14 out of 15, I say, get your head out of your sphincter and blast some Dream Widow. I want to preface this by saying, the music you just heard also happened to have opened for Avenged Sevenfold at one point. I love metal so much. Bloodgate's new album, Solace in Mourning, is the band's fourth release following the band's 2020 self titled release. Since then, the band went through a few lineup changes to get to this point, and with this album, yeah, it's pretty good! Front to back, the album is abrasive and unapologetically death grind. Short and sweet songs barely eclipsing the three minute mark, well, except for Curse of the Wizard staff, because it didn't feel like playing nice. Now from the heavy build of 2020 to the grindcore noise of Tombs Vacant of Mortal Decay, the black metal blast of Curse of the Wizard Staff, and so on, the album takes you through different places on the metal spectrum except for heavy metal. I mean, can you imagine if they did a power metal falsetto with this? Low key? I'd be down for that. On top of that, it didn't become too jarring with those changes. Despite the various styles these guys went through, it flows between each song almost seamlessly and provides the listener with a unique sound that keeps the listener embedded in the album. Plus, for any Glenn Frickers out there, this album does appear to pretend the grid is a non-existent concept. This was felt with a metronome and then played almost off the floor, I'd say. The drummer, Eric Bowers, controlled all, and you can feel the ever-so-subtle shifts in tempo throughout. Almost like Eric drop-kicked the actual metronome out the fucking window and, out of spite, ran over it with his semi and declared himself the human metronome. I mean, I don't have footage to prove that, but I'd like to imagine that's exactly how it happened. I think the main downside some people might have with this album is that it's super short. Again, with most of the songs barely reaching the three-minute mark, it's expected that the album could be a bit less time-consuming, but 26 minutes for a full length? That's extra short. I think my EP was about that long, and it was still an EP. But if time isn't an issue for you, then this is an album that'll give you your blackened, grind, death metal fix if that is the specific niche that you were hoping to fill. I don't know. You do you, I guess. It's a bit specific, but you do you. 13 out of 15. Go get it. Go check it out if you're interested. (laughs) Okay, I'm sure many underground black metal fans have been waiting on this one. Eucharist I Am The Void, the comeback album of a Swedish black metal legend. How big of a comeback? The band split up in 98. This is literally their first album in over 20 years. Like, I know Tool took a long time to come back with Fear Inoculum, but while that was happening, while that whole debacle was happening, Eucharist fans were sitting on the sidelines like… Weak. But Eucharist is back, and with this new album also comes the potential for a new audience, such as me. I never heard this band, so I have no idea what I'm getting into here. But given that this is a blackened metal band from Sweden, I'm guessing we're going to get more melodic black metal. I'm guessing that's what I'm in for. Is that what I get though? Yes, but also more than I bargained for. So. I Am The Void is an album that gives exactly what I was expecting, listening through from the first track of Shadows all the way to the title track, I'm given a bombardment of intense black metal that never lets up for even a moment. Lots of trem picking, various drum beats, but ultimately coming back to the blast beats often, frog screams and fry vocals, and drenched in cave reverb or maybe this was recorded in a cave? Who knows at this point, black metal can be like that. The album still likes to feature some sweet melodies every once in a while, and the guitars are giving us something to latch onto when the screeches start to blend between songs, and through all of that, the album… keeps going… for a while. Yeah, that's something that might set off a few people. This album is currently sitting at around 76 minutes long, which is really long if you ask me. I know prog can sometimes go longer than that, but For me, that's usually able to do so because they keep the listener engaged with different soundscapes, dynamics, and new melodies and rhythms that other songs on on an album don't have to distinguish each other from the rest. Here, while there are different melodies to separate the songs from each other, dynamics, much like your dad after heading to the store for cigarettes, is vacant from this album. (laughs) so the album just becomes bloated and overbearing, much like your mom after your dad left for the store for cigarettes. If if black metal is the kind of style you're into, then you'll have more than enough to tide you over until Eucharist releases the next album 20 years from now. But if you're not, it's hard to say Eucharist is going to be the one to get you on board. For me, 12 out of 15, if you do want to give it a shot, you can, it's a good album and I would say it's worth checking out. If not an overflowed experience. I'll leave the decision up to you at the end of it. So, sticking with black metal, can we talk about Nightwraith for a moment? Their album Offering is… offering something different. Yes, I'm making puns, don't at me. But for real, I don't think I've heard an album of this type before. It's a black metal album that's also progressive. Like this is an obvious blackened metal album, but it's also written by progressive metal musicians, or maybe it's the other way around for our fans of 80s metal. Since I mean, you heard the music a few seconds ago. Does that sound like straight black metal to you? But also, does it sound like pure progressive to you? Trick question, there's no such thing as pure progressive, but seriously, this feels like a combination of both. When listening to the album, I couldn't help but grin ear to ear and thinking, I don't know how to classify these guys. Nightwraith has taken the most identifying parts of black metal and meshed it with the cheese of 80s prog metal to create something that I've never heard before. You could argue this is the identity of Nightwraith, and honestly, I have no evidence to suggest otherwise. It does make me wonder what is happening here is this a progressive metal album written by black metal musicians or a black metal album written by prog metal musicians is the chicken or the egg theory basically only we're dealing with people not breakfast Well, depending on who you are, that could be the same thing. But for me, I don't care. This is an album that takes the identifying aspects of both and uses them to create something that's totally unique and different. I can't find anything that's similar to other people with this album. It's totally 100% Nightwraith, and nobody can fault him for that. Though, while I think this is one of the greatest examples of musicians understanding that having an identity is as important as writing amazing songs, I feel like this isn't going to impress too many people, specifically in the styles that they're taking from. Prog metal fans aren't going to like the black metal style production that's going alongside this album, even if they do appreciate the prog songwriting, and black metal fans Well, they're just gonna throw this album in their local church before setting it on fire because it's not loud and abrasive enough. This is an album that fills a specific niche that won't be for either audience. But here's what I'll say on the album, if you like prog and or blackened metal, you need to hear Nightwraith's offering. It's not a black metal album, nor is it a prog metal album. It's a Knight Wraith album, which combines both into one cohesive and well-blended sound. If you can go into it with the mindset of this album being slightly different from the norm you know, then you can find a lot of love for this album. Seriously, 14 and a half out of 15, go get it and enjoy. Oh shit, that's Olga's Burritos coming back. Not good, not good at all. And it's it for reviews. Like I said earlier, send your emails to McKay at metalrobot.com or reach out on my socials for any albums you would like covered on the podcast or on the main YouTube show. Don't go anywhere. TDW is joining us in just a minute right here on The Metal Robot Podcast. the sound design tricks used on the album, how did I not see Demon Drolls coming? A proper metal musician would have said, let's adapt Inferno, and then wrote 20 Metallica riffs, chugged 20 cans of Blue Ribbon, and passed out in his own vomit. I'm just going to call it C-3PO and R2's Evening Getaway. Tom Ellis! Uh, wait. An effective way to have human interaction if you're an introvert.
1: Hey, thanks for coming, how was the traffic?
0: Signature Conness Inferno Review Part 2, only on Metal Robot Reviews. Ever wanted to take Metal Robot interviews on the go, but had this happen? Ted, I charged this last night, for fuck's sakes! Ah! While we can't solve a bad phone battery, you can take the interviews you love with you wherever on MRP Throwbacks. Be sure to hit save for when you want this on your evening drive to the venue. If you could be any cereal box character, what about that Tiger I was going to say the same thing, actually. (laughs) 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 MRP Throwbacks, only on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts you listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. We're back, and we've got a special interview here. Tom Teeny W. DeWitt. He is a proggy boy of proggy boys from the wonderful country of Netherlands, which... Fun fact, is a country that I actually share some heritage with. I think specifically the province of Friesland, but I could be completely wrong about that. I'm gonna need to double check my family history before I can confirm that, but TDW is a cool dude nonetheless. He's a solo musician, a music producer, a label owner, and a lover of, not understanding the phrase, too many projects. I think I relate to that on a deeper level. I sat down with him to talk about all these projects and much much more in this three-part series. First up, we get into his solo project, his other project, Dreamwalkers, Inc., as well as his label, Layered Reality Productions, and whatever other shit we talked about. I think we spent most of it just goofing off, I'll be completely honest with you. I think that may be the main reason the full three-part interview wound up being almost two hours long. But with that out of the way, here's my interview with Tom TDW DeWitt, part one. Well, Tom, welcome to the world of Tom. Thank you so much for joining.
2: The, wor- the world of, yeah, the world of Tom. Hi, Tom. Nice Hi, to- Tom. <laughs> nice to be here. <laughs> this, is, this is very confusing.
0: It's yes. so confusing. But I've- thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's about fucking time I have you on the podcast, isn't it?
2: I think so, yeah. I mean, we. I've, how long have we been in touch by now?
0: Oh, God, since I think the day the clock stopped. So, like, 2020.
2: I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's like ar- around that time. Both the album
0: probably. and the year, yeah.
2: Right, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Time is such a weird concept in general, man. It often just feels like things just fly by without me even noticing it properly. So there you go.
0: You <laughs> and me both. I think, honestly, I figured that was just a, an ADHD thing, but then 2020 happened. I'm like, that was like 69 years ago. So I'm pretty sure that's, yeah, time, Dude, it, time gets pretty funny. It's not just an
2: ADHD thing. Time is, so, time is relative and, and it, it makes it is relative. No sense often. Also, I just realized something technical. Sorry to break the fourth wall here, but would it actually help if I wore a headphone for you with the editing? I mean, the, the viewers—the viewers may hear this. It's okay, you know, we're, we're we're people here. Would it help you? Because I can also do that. And then I also yeah, have? Uh, ear.
0: Yeah, definitely. Headphones would probably be very helpful that, to minimize the amount of audio bleed.
2: Here you go. <laughs> there we go. And I got the you ears. You just wanted.
0: Out. You just wanted to get the ears on, didn't you? Uh, <laughs>
2: Well, actually not necessarily, but yeah, it is, uh, it, it is more that obviously now that I'm streaming, it's, I, I just did this with a bunch of tie wraps actually. That um, is amazing. And it's just the cheapest way of doing it. So I like, <laughs> okay. I'll just put, I'll put this on there. I'll just use some tie wraps. There we go. So I sometimes have serious business calls and then I just kind of warn people like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to look like a total idiot now, but this serves a purpose. <laughs> and that's what it is. So thank you for having me with my ears. No, it's, of it's
0: course, not- of course. So uh, for those who aren't aware of who you are, maybe they're new to the podcast or new to the Metal Robot Reviews channel. Um, what, why don't you uh, let the listener know who you are, what you do, uh, the 69 plus projects that you have, the things <laughs> that you're doing, and how long you've been doing them?
2: Okay. Um, well, I tend to describe it um, from, from a creative perspective. Well, I'm Tom, obviously. Hello. And I uh, write music. I write music and lyrics. And I uh, need to make music to stay sane. That that's basically uh, my way of coping with with everything. Is writing a lot of music, writing a lot of lyrics, and just um, just focusing my my life on that. Um, but the unfortunate truth is that um, being a musician by itself is not the most profitable of uh, of jobs these nope. days. So <laughs> I'm also. Uh, owner of two studios i do audio and video production work for clients and i build websites for people and basically i'm trying to fill my life with as much creativity as i can and well my main project is called tdw and that's what i've been uh, I've, I've released my eight no wait sorry i have to say this right my seventh official solo album i've released more but like that's I i kind of count it as such that this is my seventh album that i released recently called fountains and I release a lot of different things under the TDW name. It's basically my playground. I can do whatever I want under that TDW name. If I want to do like a Genesis cover, I can do in in death metal. I can do a Genesis cover in death metal, but I can also do a classical piece of 23 minutes about farts, and, and then both is TDW and both is me. You know, so that, that's kind of how I approach it. And um, next to that, I am the lead singer and lead composer in a band called Dreamwalkers Inc., which originally came from TDW, actually um because in, t- in 2016 uh, after being a part of multiple bands in the past won't name all those now but i've released multiple albums with other bands as well and in, tw- in 2016 we got an offer to play tdw music live uh from mm. rock power Proc power europe and that was the moment i was like okay now this is probably the moment that i should uh form a live band to perform this tdw stuff but i felt that tdw live sounded lame i was like <laughs> eh. you know that like doesn't work for me so then I came up with the band Dreamwalkers Inc. Because the fans of TDW, uh, people who have been fans for years, I tend to call them the Dreamwalkers. And I call it because that's also like TDW is not just Tom the Wit, my name, but it's also the Dreamwalker. You know, I mean, it stands for multiple things. And then I figured, okay, if I call the band Dreamwalkers Inc., then there's a link with that. But it's also a cool band name. You know, it stands on itself.
0: It is a pretty cool band name. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thank you. And there you go basically uh what we did is we played a show with tdw songs then and that was it you know it was like okay we're just gonna do tdw stuff because already was like on seven albums at that. no wait uh sorry six albums at that point so there was enough material to pick from you know there were so many people like when are you gonna do tdw live so we finally could do it yeah and we did that for two years and after those two years we kind of realized that uh obviously i'm still wanted to write music myself but i also felt that this band dynamic was really interesting because there was a bunch of guys who also brought in their own ideas and then dreamwalkers inc kind of evolved it became this this thing and it was the first time i was in a band in which i felt that um all these band members actually really contributed some really cool stuff to it so that's when dreamwalkers inc and tdw suddenly split up And now we're at a point in time that we're actually right. I wrote a TDW album for myself, but we're also working on a DreamWalkers Inc album now, which is completely original music that I wrote with them. So it's not just me, but it's really, you know, you can hear Leonard's guitar parts and Orbit's guitar parts. It's really a specific thing now. And I kind of like that. It's like, you know, life has a way of, of, of happening, I guess. And, um, after multiple TDW records, it's now kind of time for me to put my focus on DreamWalkers Inc. But at the same time, you know, everything is connected and everything is random. I've kind of accepted that you make a recording planning and then some really cool thing comes in between and you kind of also do that and then you get <laughs> back to your planning again. And, you know, that that's kind of how that works. But yeah, yep. so that, that's that, that's the music I make myself. And then just really quickly and uh, wrap up the answer to the question. I run a label called Layered Reality Productions, <laughs> um, in which I release a lot of music for other people as well. Recently, we did Threats of Fate. I work with Avandra, Iris Divine, a lot of really cool progressive metal bands that I'm, well, obviously a fan of because otherwise I wouldn't release it. And basically, Layered Reality Productions came to be because I couldn't find a label in 2008. You know, like no one gave a shit. So. I could do two things. You know, I could be, sa- be sad and be like, okay, no one wants to sign me, but woe is me. Um, and I'm again, not going to lie, I had that for a bit. But at a certain point, I was like, but okay, how hard is it to run a label anyway? You know, fuck them, I'll do it myself. You know, Very, very constructive attitude <laughs> the last there. Question but, uh,
0: anybody, the last question anybody asks before they're, they, they overwork themselves to death, how hard can a label be? <laughs> oh
2: yeah, man. Oh, oh, really? No, but it's like... <laughs> But like, basically, this has been my life. My life has been a a consecutive set of moments that was like, okay, I want to do this and I want to I want to do this well. And I want to be I want to make it make it into something. But no one's going to help me. Okay, then I'll do it myself then. You know, and it's uh, obviously that is the most um, I I actually won't advise anyone to do the same things I did (laughs) because it's the most stupid road ever. (laughs) But it is a road in which you learn a lot. And by now, I'm happy I have learned a lot over the years.
0: Definitely. Oh yeah, and I can say from my own experience doing Metal Robot podcast, Metal Robot reviews, music on the top of that, doing everything by yourself is not advised. If you want to preserve preserve a your sanity, b your free time, and C, your sanity, that's very important.
2: <laughs> like you could repeat the sanity like three times, and still it would not be overstating it. At that, it point would not in be time. overstating it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Absolutely. Gosh. Yeah, but.
0: So let's talk about your project. So uh, the, f- the first one, I believe uh, TDW was your very first project uh, that you started up, correct? Yeah.
2: Well, it's, it's like I would say that I've, I was in bands and separate things before, but that didn't correct. really take shape. You know what I mean? So I tend, to, I tend to see that with TDW in 2008, I released an album called The Haunts and I kind of considered that my unofficial start as a musician or like official start as a musician because i actually released albums before that in 2006 and 2004 but that was literally just me making demos with little to no skill whatsoever and burning it on a cd and then telling people like this is my album you know and i had no fucking clue (laughs) so i I tend to say that yeah 2008 is the is the the official start of my career
0: yeah yeah and i I gotta tell you like even for me like tdw was the first well, that was the first project of yours that I really found first because uh, it was with uh, specifically The Day the Clock Stopped, which mm. be- actually became one of my favorites from 2020, which oh. is kind of funny that a darkest Shit album was one of the <laughs> best albums that I listened to in 20-fucking-20. 20 20. That's an indicator of my personality for sure. But-
2: <laughs> Are you okay? Uh, um, <laughs> that is the main th- question.
0: That is <laughs> – That is still to be determined. But um, (laughs) I guess my question is, you know, that given that you've been doing it since 2008, you know, what made you want to actually get into it? Was it something that you like, have you been writing music since you were a child? Was there a point when you're like, I want to be a rock star? You know, what was the turning point for you? It's a good one.
2: I think in my case, it was really that when I was a kid, um, I I actually didn't want to be, be a musician until I was like 14 or something. I I actually wanted to be a video game designer, you know, I was that nerdy kid that was, yeah, I was, I was that nerdy kid that was addicted to, uh, basically everything video game related, and the thing is that it was the weirdest kind of thing, that when I was 14 years old, I was still kind of chasing that dream, and, and, you know, drawing all these concept art things, and working on mostly RPGs, because I'm a nerd, and, um, like, like a horrible one, and, um, (laughs) what what happened was i was actually working on a game and at a certain point with a program called rpg maker for those of you who lived in the late 90s you know what the fuck i'm talking about like that that was that was a, archaic as heck but it needed music and i figured uh, how hard could it be um so i kind of just Set out, and I knew a few. That people seems to
0: be the repeating question in your life. Yeah, aspects. how hard could it be? You
2: know, which <laughs> how and how hard course,
0: can it be? <laughs> yeah, and every
2: time you start something, you you realize that, that it's like climbing a mountain with a fucking toothbrush, and you are like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's what it is. But and but then I am also kind of what well, what it was. I, I had friends, uh, or my sister had a friend who was making music, and he was doing like hip hop, totally different stuff. But he but I mm-hmm. asked him. He was a really nice guy. I was like, okay, so how, how does one music? Oh Sensei. And then he gave me some software. He gave me Fast Tracker. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but that was like in the oh, 90s, God. that was
0: huge. Fast Tracker, that sounds familiar. I've heard the name, but I'm also not really a 90s kid. I was born like 97. So for me, oh, that's okay, like- Okay, there we
2: go. No, no, it's like, but just just for your reference, Fast Tracker was like one of the few programs that most was used in electronic music and hip hop, et cetera. You just put samples together. You had like a spreadsheet, you put your samples in there and you'd write a song. That's what it was.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I, I was- Basically, when he explained it to me, I was like, oh, okay, I I think I can do that. So then I just started making these tunes, which obviously were mostly off-key and it made no sense whatsoever, but I tried to write as much as I could by ear. And when I was 14, I was like huge already into proc metal, but I was also very much into power metal. So I wrote a lot of songs that literally started with a kick drum, just going, and then, okay, that's my drum. Uh, Rhapsody, Stradivarius, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> oh my god! And that was my that was my jam when I was fourteen, man. I was I was the biggest nerd, still am. I I, I guess I guess I'm just better. No, I'm not better at hiding it now. Who am I kidding? But um, <laughs> whatever, man. But but the thing is that I wrote I wrote all that stuff basically with no knowledge of what I was actually doing, but I did it all by ear, and obviously the first couple of demos were complete shit. But as it evolved, I heard people say like. This doesn't even sound that bad. Like, this is a catchy melody. It just stays with me. I was like, okay. And I was literally just doing it for that video game project. I was not at all aspiring to be a musician myself. And then then at a certain point, I was working on a game. And then I realized, hey, I actually really like this music stuff. I actually like it way more than working on all this video game stuff. Hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe that's a telltale sign that I got to change my you know change my direction here. And I think the the real kicker was the moment that I got a um, believe it or not, a, I, my first girlfriend, her mom was a photographer for a metal magazine, and she had like this whole collection of, of all sorts of stuff. And she played uh, Evolution by
0: Symphony X. That sounds and like I, a cool mom.
2: That she a pretty cool. She she still is a really cool person, and I'm still in touch with her. But. It was like I heard Evolution by Symphony X. I always said to say, like, I'm not even that much of a Symphony X fan anymore these days. But the first time I heard that and then, like, the song kicks in and 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 those huge soaring vocals come in and the orchestras and everything. I was like, oh, shit, this is what I want. I want 20 of those, please. You know, like, that, that, that's what it felt like. And I think that was the moment that I realized, like, OK, if I want to get into this music thing, then this is probably more my calling between brackets. and obviously looking back on it as a kid i always used to sing i was raised in a household that always had there was either queen toto or something blaring through the speakers that i would sing along to without me realizing it you know pink floyd all that stuff was already going on around my house so it's not a complete stretch of the imagination that i was musically interested but it's just that it took me relatively long to to get to that point because i know that there's there's people saying yeah you know I, i started making prog and i started playing guitar when i was six years old," and. Honestly, when I was fourteen, I couldn't play anything. Like, if you gave me a keyboard, it was like, you know, it didn't make any sense. But I just programmed it and did it by ear, and just figured it out as I went. Really, Uh,
0: and that yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I I know when I started. uh, For me, when I started writing music on my own, I was it was like seventeen years old. I just picked up the guitar for the first time, and uh, I was like, and my a buddy of mine was like. You should join the band. I'm like, I've been playing guitar for like one month, not even. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Actually, I think I started playing that day when he was like, you should join our industrial metal band. I'm like, I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, brain, big brain. I mean, when I was speaking actually with uh, Jay, that Aussie metal guy, I was telling him this. He's like, well, if it was a punk band, that's fine. It was not a punk band. I was like, (laughs) I wasn't even into punk. I was more like... Excuse me, my speed was more like uh, stuff like uh, motionless and white, periphery, that kind of right. thing. So, oh, so wow. I'm fucking like, I can do this. And <laughs> it's like, also, yeah,
2: oh, but that is so periphery as a reference. Holy shit. <laughs> it's, it's like, I haven't touched the guitar ever and I want to do that. Okay, good luck, buddy. <laughs> it's, like- <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's it's adorable looking back uh, on, like, on like little me, just like, oh, that's cute, buddy. That's cute. So... <laughs> oh my god but yeah no uh, but but that was the thing like I just started at that point that's when I realized I was into songwriting because I was like huh I'm kind of enjoying writing random notes in this fucking Tab program I had on my computer. Uh, was was, that,
2: was the, it Was it Guitar Pro? Did you have the crack Guitar no, Pro? No, uh, I use? do.
0: I have Guitar Pro now, but back yeah. then I was using uh, Tux Guitar, which is like a. a I Linux actually have version. Tux
2: Guitar right here because I, I like my guitar players I work with all have Guitar Pro and perfectly fine. But for me, it's like you know the amount of time that I actually spend working in tabs is eh you know so i tend to just be like okay i can do it in tux guitar as well and then i'll just send them those files and they can make it all awesome or whatever you know it's it's fine i
0: yeah. guess yeah yeah but that but that is definitely like with tux guitar at that point i ended up upgrading to uh, guitar pro eventually but that was that was where i started with songwriting too is like just fucking or dicking around with the computer software and hoping for the best. Right. I still, yeah. I had no idea what I was doing either. I look back on like the old tabs I still have on my computer and I'm like, what key is this in? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are no keys where we are going, Tom. <laughs> There's no <laughs> keys whatsoever. The, the beats weren't even consistent either. It's like, if I ever get a chance to release any of these old demos, oh dear God, the world will end. But <laughs> it
2: was... So Actually, you know... It, what, what would be interesting? Because in my case, is like what, what I just described is like what I wrote was relatively straightforward and just like you know. But what you're describing is like if you're actually able to turn this into something playable, then it might be the most progressive shit ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because there is no steady BPM.
0: <laughs> like, There's no steady anything. It's great. yeah. It,
2: it, it should fall <laughs> over the place, man.
0: <laughs> it could just go fucking nuts. And yeah. that's the beautiful part. Just have, a guy,
2: just have a guy throat singing backwards over it, and you got yourself a new prog genre, you know? <laughs> Let's go. There you go. <laughs>
0: um, But your other project is uh, Dreamwalker, Inc., which uh, is your other musical project. And, you know, it's also a company that one usually goes to when their dreams of drinking liquid chocolate at their sister's wedding gets a little too real sometimes. But so you, you mentioned – Possibly. But you mentioned that this project was um, – what was sort of a branch off from tdw or at least it's something right. of that sort uh so and you mentioned that it was from uh, coming life. but what made you want to start writing music for this specific project uh, outside of tdw what made you want to release uh, an album from that
2: well basically the, the main thing was the first album we released with dreamwalkers inc was called first redraft and i had some people saying like aren't those tdw songs like well technically yeah they, they originally were TDW songs, but that album kind of illustrated why I wanted to turn it, why why I wanted to see what it would turn into. Because what I felt is when I gave my music to these people, it morphed. Like, yeah, sure. I mean, an E chord is obviously an E chord, but it can be played in 200 different ways. You know what I mean? And, and that's what really stood out to me is like when uh, we started playing the songs live and I would say the first couple of, we played two years with the same lineup. Uh, between 2016 and 2018 or 2019 actually and i would say the first two years that we did those shows they they were basically like okay this is the cdw stuff we're just playing it like this and that's it and at a certain point i noticed that a few of the guys were like hey would it be okay if i maybe change some things around here or you know would it be cool if i maybe did the solo differently or whatever and i am uh, this one of those misconceptions. I once had people saying that that I'm apparently really nice to work with, um, <laughs> which is, you know, but it's like people expect when you run a project like this instead sort of like, oh, you're probably some despot who who tells everyone that it should be, you know, all should be neatly organized and there's no improvisation room or whatsoever and. My whole attitude actually is, for example, if I would ask someone to play a guest solo on a TDW record, the only thing I would often give them is like, okay, your spot is between one minute 20 and one minute 50 or something. And I, I kind of would like something shreddy and go nuts. And that would be all I'd give them because I know that if I would start dictating complete parts to them, then it would be my thing. But I'm asking a guest musician, so I want
0: it to be their thing. You know, yeah, I you want, have, you want their personality in it. Basically. Right.
2: You want... You want to have that signature in there. And that's kind of also how I felt when we were starting playing with the band, is that certain things kind of naturally evolved. Also, I have to admit that, uh, especially with some of the older songs, I wrote the riffs, recorded some of the riffs in parts. Uh, I've, I've never made a secret out of this, that I, am, I have a coordination disorder since birth, and that has to do with my high sensitivity, etc. So... Uh, it took me years before I could play a decent power chord in a guitar like other people would need two lessons and they'd be playing uh, smoke on the water or whatever. And I just couldn't. And mm-hmm. to this day, I still have a hard time playing instruments as well as I would want them to, um, which is sometimes still annoying because in my head I can hear something and I'm just not able to reproduce it. You know what I mean? It, it's mm-hmm. That's just what it is. But what it was is that I I am pretty good at recording tricks. So I've recorded, especially in the albums between 2014 and 2018, there's a lot of stuff on there which is playable. It's not unplayable, but it is very much tricked because I couldn't play it myself. And then when I asked the other guys to play it, who are very skilled guitar players, they were like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, <laughs> they were just looking at these parts like... <laughs> Dude, I cannot do the John Petrucci 12 fret pinky stretch. <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> like,
0: Tom, I have only four fingers that can actually <laughs> reach the fretboard. Yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> only four. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of situation. And, and I don't know. And they thought in the beginning, I, I would feel with, with them that they would, were a bit hesitant to say that. Because they were like, you know, like, uh, yeah, but I know I want to reproduce your material. But my attitude tends to be, look, can you fix it another way? Is there a way that you can, I don't know, play a different figure and you'll you'll work it out? Yeah. Okay, do that then. You know, it's it's like I'm I'm not that Puritan about it because it's like <laughs> at the end, like I said, at the end of the day, the moment someone plays, you could literally give the same riff to five guitar players and you you get the same riff, but you don't. You know, you will get different nuances in there, you will get different feels, etc. And what it was with Dreamwalkers Inc. at a certain point is we were so far into that set list. Um Further than I wanted to, to be fair, I kind of wanted to shake it up, but we had a few musicians who were not able to to learn new material, so we were kind of stuck playing the same set list. But what happened when we were playing that same set list is that, like I said, it started to morph, and certain songs just sounded so different all of a sudden. I was like, okay, this still is my song, but not really. Like It it was like our song. Mm -hmm. And that was the instigator that I felt that there were a few people in the band also like, well, I wouldn't mind writing some more if you're okay with it. And everyone was really gracious and really nice about it. And I think there was a real mutual respect about it as well. So that's why I also felt after having some deceptions with bands in the past, because I did have those as well, uh, that's why I was a bit like, okay, I'm willing to give this a shot. And basically from 2019 onwards, uh, because we released a live album in 2019 called A Night at the Theatre, which is also on YouTube. You can watch it for free, full concert video. There you go. And that was like the end of the first chapter of the band, so to speak. Like, okay, this is all the TDW music we played and this stuff from the first album. And now we're we're going to sit in the studio and write new stuff. And that's basically what we've been doing the last two years. So the album that we're working on now is all that new material that came after, which is so different. Like, in that sense, the moment yeah. we're going to play live and people will hear this, they're they're going to get a bit of a culture shock because it, it's, it's such a... It's still me but it's also not and and i love it it's it's really really weird
0: yeah and you also like that new albums uh said to come out early this year i believe is that correct no 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 it was
2: actually early next year early next year like we we are now we actually just for your reference we recently i mean that i can share i don't want to share too much yet because obviously there's gonna be a whole campaign (laughs) Mm.
0: but we did
2: (laughs) yeah spoilers but we did recently actually finish the uh demo So the album is done now, like we, we have a whole album in demo form and we're already planning the recording sessions and everything in the new studio, etc. So, so we are working on it now and we will be making more noise. And if all goes well, and obviously reality is sometimes uh, a very fickle beast, so we just have to see how things evolve. <laughs> but um, the idea is that we want to release the album next year, either February or March. And then start the promotion campaign this year already somewhere around October-ish. So, like, record it now, get it mixed, get it get it done. And then uh, from around October-ish till then, we just have this whole run of music videos and everything. Because we already are thinking about all those things. It's just planning with multiple schedules. With We have two dads in the band, you know, so that's obviously a thing. you, you got to think about all these little details going on.
0: Got to so. think of the kiddies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, another one of your projects, obviously, projects, is Layered Reality Productions, which is your label. So mm-hmm. your label's been around for, by this point, I believe over 10 years yeah. now. Yeah. How did the label come about?
2: Well, I mean, as I, as I kind of allu- uh, quickly mentioned in the introduction, it's like... Um, it's, um,
0: yep, sippy, we- sippy.
2: Yes. Now... Um, basically how it went was was as follows like i released my album in 2008 the haunts that was like the start and that album did, did i would say relatively well got, got good responses then and um like it, it's really funny because i got like some really high grades for that and now and now that i listen to it myself i'm like i can't listen to it anymore but that's apparently a producer's thing like you know you you cannot listen to your old stuff and i i don't uh, most of the time and I mean, you you might recognize that with your own career as well. It's like if you've been working on a song for two years, mixing and mastering it and everything, at a certain point, you just don't want to hear it for the next 10 years at least. You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, fuck it. <laughs> I'm done with this now.
0: I think for me, um. actually, it was more like, I've heard it so many times and I'm just like, this is great that I play it for somebody else and they're like, that shit, okay. <laughs> you gotta Aww. just go back. Oh, <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> to no. be fair... To be fair, it, harsh criticism, though it hurts, it, it has, it's definitely has its function, but
0: yeah, I'm actually open to it all the way. Cause I'm like, that's uh, again, like with my, with my own music, that's kind of how it ended up being the way it was. I early demos, even I look back, and I'm like, Oh fuck, you're right. And I start working. <laughs> on-
2: <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs>
0: oh God. You know, yeah. No, uh, but he, that's that's kind of the thing. That's how it usually goes. Um, but you were saying with the with the story. I ate before I cut you off there.
2: <laughs> oh no, it's all it's all good. It's all good. But basically, how it went is that album was released by, I don't know, it was just a bunch of bunch of dudes who um, randomly. Basically, they had a chamber of com- they had their label between brackets at the chamber of commerce. And that's it you know like like they, they they were they didn't do any promotion they didn't know and, and they wanted to help so i'm not blaming them for it it's like they wanted to help me and i'm grateful but i kind of realized that what they did i could do myself so at mm. that point i was like okay i've been active in the scene for a while now and that was i would say around 2011-ish or 2010 actually was when i finished my next album scrapbook and i realized like okay if i want to release this then I cannot just put it out there with my own name on it because then that would be kind of amateurish. It's like, okay, yeah, well, who the fuck are you? We don't care. But the moment I, it was really just a simple psychological uh, commercial kind of thinking, thinking like, okay, but if I, if I think of a name of something that sounds like a big label, (laughs) then maybe I can get away with it, you know? And that's, and that was really layered reality productions was like oh yeah, i dig that you know that, that that makes sense and just because it's prog and layered music etc so really literally layered reality productions was me releasing my own stuff and just putting a different label on there but if people would send an email to the website i made like really quick websites set up a mailbox those kind of things to make it look legit but then they would still end up with me <laughs> so it was,
0: yeah. it was <laughs> really
2: weird situation but it was funny because it actually worked in a way because there were a lot of people that completely ignored my first album who suddenly reviewed this one
0: because... Because all of a sudden it's part of a big label. A thing.
2: Yeah, a thing. And it was kind of funny because I was also in touch with some other musicians. I just had a lot of friends who were also making music and a few were doing really cool things. And they were like, can we join you? I'm like, uh, I guess, I don't I don't know. Can you? You know, It was really like, I was, I was so fucking green, man. I was just diving into it and thinking like, well, okay. But if they want to join me, then what am I actually going to do for them? Okay. Then I need a contract. But what am I going to put in a contract? Okay. Let's Google for some contracts. See if we can find some stuff. And I was, I just, I just really went, went out with that idea. Like, okay, I, um i don't know if you guys well obviously you know Pippi longstocking you know like uh, the the sweet the swedish, uh, swedish character and her, one of her uh one of her is i believe is like uh, i've i've never done it but i think i'll do a pretty good job at it you know like that that kind of <laughs> attitude like like i've never done it but i think i can you know and that's kind of how i approach it as well and i figured okay i might make mistakes and everyone does and oh yeah those mistakes mistakes were made but yeah. i do think that if, if, As long as you're honest and dedicated about what you do, then mistakes can be forgiven. You know what I mean? Like everyone can do stupid shit, but if you're willing to grow and evolve and keep moving, then people will see that as well. And now I'm in this weird situation that, you know, if you fast forward to set to now, that there's a few bands on my roster, which I've never would have expected to work with because like I said, I've, I've, I've seen it from from building this up myself and just getting in touch with all these people from the press and from distros and you name it. And then suddenly people go like, yeah, but, you know, all these people. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. I oh. do. How, how did that happen?
0: <laughs> you know, like it's you just bl- you blacked out in the origins of layered reality. Essentially, is that what happened? No, 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 not at, <laughs> no, not at all. Because the or- no, just, the- you just woke up one day, it's like, oh shit, we're, Who oh, are shit. these people? How <laughs> do I, I know these people.
2: No but, huh? no, but I mean, I mean, the origins of layered reality are literally work your ass off, release people's music, learn a lot from the mistakes you made. Uh, for example, that scrapbook album is is mm. one of these one of the many things that went wrong with albums I did. I released scrapbook in a DVD cover. It was a double CD. So I wanted to put it in a D- double DVD cover so it looked neat. Plastic, clamshell. You know you know the thing. Well, mm-hmm, yeah. And I had this pressing company who did the booklet. And the booklet was, well, it looked like a little miniature scrapbook. And I had all these really cool drawings per song. And it was actually a booklet I was really proud of. But here's the thing. It was a Christian company that 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 printed it because that was the only printing company we had here in Amherst at that point. And the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. And the (laughs) Internet wasn't as big then. I mean, we're talking 2010. The Internet Mm. in 2010, for those of you watching this now in the future or laughing at this, but the Internet in 2010 was not that far Evolved, you know, it was not like, like nowadays. I can h- hit up like five different websites to get my books
0: uh, printed or whatever. Yeah, no. But that
2: was just not the case then.
0: For perspective, like 2010, that was like sixty six years or so after YouTube was founded. So right. that's that. It's, I think Twitter was still a baby at that. Were they still using like the star format instead of the the heart? I think to- so.
2: Yeah. No, it's oh, like Jesus. It, it, people were on MSN fucking messenger. Okay. You know, that, that's yeah, the dark no, edges of the internet. <laughs> that's, that's how, how long s-
0: ago it was.
2: Yeah. So but so what I did is I, I in my best judgment, I delivered this booklet. And just for your reference, there was also no designer. I literally learned how to design CD booklets by releasing the haunts because I knew a guy who who was a designer and I was like, I don't know how to do this, and then he just gave me a quick crash course in Photoshop and InDesign, and that's how I learned. Uh, so like, and the same I did with this, like I made this booklet, put it in PDF. I was like, okay, I'm golden now. This should work. And then obviously the order of the pages wasn't right because when you press something, it should not be in the same order. It should be in a different order so they can press it, put a little Mm -hmm. pack in there. So that was the first thing I was like, fuck. okay, so we fixed that. Then they printed it. And here's the kicker. You're not going to believe this. I first got comments saying, yeah, okay, the content in this is not something we often do, but uh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I was already like, that's not a good sign.
0: That's not a good sign.
2: And they printed it the wrong size. Oh! And, I, and I, I, ended up, I ended up with 300 booklets, which did not. I gave them the fucking cover. Like, it should fit in here. That's the point. <laughs> And they printed it. Oh, God, they, they printed it. It was like some of them were like a centimeter too big. Like there was no way in hell you could fit that in that oh, thing. And,
0: a centimeter?
2: Yeah, and, and like not even oh. Not even cut cleanly. You could see like the white like ugly white lines. It was like the, the booklet was in a beige color, and you would have these white lines around it because they apparently didn't even put the effort to cut it properly. It was just everything about it just reeked of reeked of we don't care. And) Get out. And the worst part is that it actually cost me over, what, six 700 euros back then. Because, oh. And it still hurts. That still hurts my everything. Oh. But, but that's one of the many anecdotes of my career. But basically, those kind of experiences, that was the point I was going towards. I'm sorry for the long tangents. but That's okay. It, but that is such a learning experience, though. Like, yes, mm-hmm. it sucks about the money. It sucks about all of it. But now, I know that if I want to get something pressed, I'm triple checking it. Uh, I should watch the coloring. I should watch uh, how, to, how the guidelines are set. All these things, which are, well, obviously I had to learn it the hard way, but I'm kind of happy I did because if an artist now comes to me and says, hey, uh, I have no idea how to do this, then I can just sit down with them on Zoom and like, okay, share your screen. I'm going to tell you, you know, and then I can actually give them the info that they need so they don't have to make that mm-hmm. mistake. And th- and in, reg- in that regard, I tend to see that as a positive thing, but it's like the whole layer of reality history basically is me sign a new band work with that new band learn a fuck ton in the process uh, there's another band that comes that comes by okay then you learn even more and right now we recently did the threats of fate album and uh, for example that's well that's really recent because we're recording this on the 14th and that album came out on the 11th of march mm-hmm. and that was also a process in which i even with all the stuff that i already know i've learned new things. And that is also fun. Like, like that also keeps it interesting because if you're kind of pressing play on a machine and you don't have to think about it, then there's not a lot of fun in there anyway. You know, like, it doesn't really bring any creative satisfaction. But I'm not going to lie, running running a label and doing all all those things on the side is, it is hard work. And it's sometimes a bit ungrateful work as well. Not from the artists, but in, in terms of the amount of energy that you have to put in and what you're getting back. Can, it can sometimes be quite a quite a lot. Not gonna lie.
0: Part one of my interview with Tom TDW Dewitt on the Metal Robot Podcast. Part two will be coming out on next week's episode, where we talk about his studio, the Imagineering Suite, that does audio and video production and web design, along with being the most proggy boy of proggy boys. If you don't want to miss that, then make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Don't go anywhere. Metal news of the week coming right up on the Metal Robot Podcast. This week's Metal News Recap is brought to you by MySenity. Everything is so depressing! Why?! To stay up to date with the latest in the metal scene, check out TheMetalRobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. Now, back into the podcast. Presented by TheMetalRobot.com, this is Mr. Ooh, that sounds more clean, doesn't it? I did a bit of a remix for that intro, so hopefully it sounds good, because I honestly don't know. I mix it on headphones like a delinquent, so I have no fucking clue. Anyways, let's get into the first story of the week. First up, Ghost's new album, Impira, has been spreading like wildfire. The album many metalheads like to pretend isn't one of the greater metal albums of this year was reported earlier this week to be crushing the charts even before Billboard confirmed this by revealing that the album has debuted at number two on the Billboard 200 chart. I know when we hear about Billboard charts and metal, we usually are hearing the sentence Billboard doesn't get rock music, or something along those lines, but here I like the fact that Ghost is getting the recognition it deserves, it's a great sign for the future of metal. Now, Of course, the album has charted elsewhere, including number one in Germany, Sweden, number two in the UK, Belgium, Netherlands, the highest position for the band in those countries, number five in Ireland and France, and the standings are still strong in many other places around the world. The band is also currently on tour through Europe and the UK, you can find the dates on their website if you want to catch them when they come close to you. Then, if you were hoping to catch Sacred Reich in Greensboro, Baltimore, and Philly, you're going to be very disappointed as the band has cancelled that show. But before you get pissed, it is for a good reason outside of just avoiding Greensboro, which I'm sure is a shock. This is because frontman Phil Rind is having respiratory problems. It was first announced last Saturday by the lead vocalist in a now-deleted post, quote, I have been battling a non-COVID illness since last Sunday in Pittsburgh. I have been doing my best every night because, as they say, the show must go on. Yeah, that obviously didn't go too well for him as now he's in the hospital for it. He did let us know in a statement on the band's Twitter this past Wednesday, quote, "...the nature of my recovery is uncertain. The doctors in the hospital said I have three different viruses along with my asthma, and it's just going to take time." He also said that the band is committed to finishing the tour, but given Phil's situation, he's not entirely certain when they'll be able to rejoin Sepultura, Crowbar, and Art of Shock. As far as I can tell, those shows are still active with those bands, but Sacred Reich will not be there. (laughs) Then, in acquisition news, Sumerian Records and Films is now the proud owner of comics gaming company Behemoth Entertainment. If you're unfamiliar, like I totally wasn't before researching the story, Behemoth is one of the bigger comic gaming companies, having sold more than 500,000 books, and they're currently eighth in the total market share among English-language comic book publishers in terms of generated revenue. They also have the title You Promised Me Darkness No. 1, which is currently the best-selling Black & White debut issue since 2013's Batman Black & White No. 1. This is all according to Deadline.com, though, of course, I totally knew that ahead of time. It's just good to cite your sources. So it's no surprise that Sumerian, looking to expand their empire outward like a Star Wars villain, would want to add Behemoth to their ranks. Now, as of recording this, it's not clear how much Sumerian bought Behemoth for, but with the acquisition having taken place, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the future with these titles. A <laughs> couple of quickie stories here. First one He's really weird. doesn't take it too seriously. Yeah. You know, he's engaging. It's just, you're just cutting it up. So that was Kid Rock on Tucker Carlson on Fox News talking about being friends with Donald Trump, who, as I like to remind people, is the former president of the United States. Let's just get a moment to let that point sink in for those of you who are listening to this about to close out the podcast and switch over to Joe Rogan. So anyways, this is a story that was shared out by quite a few people, including what I thought was interesting, Metal Sucks, who I'm not entirely sure why those guys caught this. I guess someone's a secret fan of Tucker. Who knew? But Kid Rock is talking about his experience being friends with Trump and mentioned that Trump, instead of trusting his advisors who have experience with government affairs, decided to ask Kid Rock about important issues. We're looking at maps and I'm like, you know, I'm like. Am I supposed to be like in on <laughs> <laughs> I make dirty records sometimes I'm like I do it here. What do you think we should do about North Korea? I'm like <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified to answer this. <laughs> well, folks, it's official. We live in a world where Kid Rock is the voice of reason. Why are you asking Kid fucking Rock about how to handle North Korea. You would've had better luck asking the fucking Terminator about pulling out the troops from Afghanistan. Actually, no seriously, you would've had better luck. At least he has government experience. I mean at least Kid Rock understands his expertise level. (laughs) I don't know how to feel about this story to be quite honest. That is the sound of the final performance of Everlong by Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters, who, as news broke last night on the band's socials, has died at the age of 50. The news broke last night at 11 p.m. Eastern on March twenty fifth, 2022, saying in a statement, quote, "...the Foo Fighters family is devastated by the tragic and untimely loss of our beloved Taylor Hawkins. His musical spirit and infectious laughter will live on with all of us forever." Now, according to Rolling Stone, he was found in his hotel in Bogota, Colombia, where the band were supposed to be playing a show as part of their current tour. Obviously, that show, assumingly, did not happen. Now, as of right now, the cause of death is unknown, but the band has asked for privacy during this time. Obviously, my heart goes out to Taylor's family, his wife, his children, uh, as well as his bandmates and friends, and everybody who had the pleasure of knowing this beautiful soul, whether directly or indirectly through his music. Rest in power, brother. You'll be missed. And then finally, let's talk about Ukraine again. Obviously, the conflict is still raging on, and there's also plenty of help coming their way, including the news that Ginger's t-shirt campaign has been extremely successful in helping out. Not too long ago, Ukrainian metal band Ginger set up a campaign selling t-shirts where all the proceeds going towards supporting their home country during the crisis. And news broke earlier this week from the band's Facebook account that the sales have been soaring. over 11,000 donation teas sold and 130,000 euros raised in the last few weeks. Now for context, that's over 140,000 US dollars. It either shows how many people are supporting Ukraine or how many people are buying in bulk. The post goes on to specify where the money was going, quote, 10K have already been sent to a bomb shelter in Kyiv housing and protecting 300 people, and a Slovakian humanitarian convoy collecting urgent medical supplies, food, and clothing to be delivered to Uzgorod for refugees from the Kharkiv and Chernihiv regions who have been hit hard since the war started. Shirts are also still available through the band's website, which is linked below if you want to get one. But it's not just Ginger who's supporting in whatever way they can. For example, Jack Osborne, Ozzy Osborne's son, was volunteering at the Romanian-Ukrainian border very recently. He actually just returned from that trip, and he says it was an eye-opening and profound trip. He also explains why we're hearing about this after his trip and not when he arrived, like we've seen from other people. Explaining on his Instagram, quote, I've been very hesitant about posting this because I didn't do this for attention, and I'm sick for seeing people doing stuff for causes just so that they can post about it. I felt compelled to help, and posting a flag or whatever just doesn't quite feel like enough. With Metalsucks.net agreeing with that sentiment, calling the flag posting the equivalent to thoughts and prayers, and says it's just, quote, a cop-out for virtue-signaling ass-clowns who want to feel like they're on the right side of an issue while doing nothing to help. But it's a good thing Jack was helping at the border because according to the numbers provided by Global News, over 500,000 people have fled to Romania from Ukraine, though that's nothing to Poland's 2.1 million refugees, with Global News clarifying that while some plan to head elsewhere, the influx of people is putting a lot of strain on public services. The actual total of refugees thus far is up to 3.5 million people, and many of them are heading west, proof that this isn't just a Ukraine problem, but a world problem. But going back to the metal world with this, COP International Records have put something together for you. Because whenever there's a crisis, music is to be made in support. It always happens. It always does. And this time out, a metal supergroup that's being called Lifeline International has come together Pun not intended to cover the Beatles and Queen in support of Ukraine. Specifically, the songs come together and we will rock you as a mashup. It's also metal as fuck. Not just in terms of the songs, but also in terms of the lineup: Richard Crisp of Ramstein, Bill Gould of Faith No More, Brujeria, and Wayne Kramer's MC5, Chris Connolly of Ministry, Pigface, the Joy Thieves, Gino Leonardo of X Filter, Matt Walker of Current Filter, the Smashing Pumpkins, Garbage, Morrissey, and so many others. It's a long list. The song can be found on the record label's Bandcamp page. All proceeds are going to UNICEF. The song, along with all other sources, are included in the description of this podcast. And this concludes our news recap for the week. Like I mentioned, all the sources and links we talked about on this episode can be found in the podcast description, so if you are looking to do a deeper dive into these topics, you know where to go. We'll be right back with Colin Sterling in just a moment. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. looking to stay up to date on all things metal robot no not really what why i don't listen to metal how are you listening to this podcast i thought it was joe rogan we're gonna pretend he didn't say that follow the show wherever you tread on social media facebook and twitter at the metal robot instagram at the dot metal robot you can even join the metal robot discord server we have fun there links to all of that and more in the description of this podcast follow now 15 plus artists. Multiple cultures. Multiple languages. One almost unpronounceable name. Homoioisios. hoi hoime mother. What the fuck does it say? It's pronounced Homoiousios. How? There's 20 O's. It's Latin. What'd you expect? The ultimate collaboration project of 2022. Homoiousios, a symphonic death blackened thrashing grooving core fest. What genres? Listen to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. I pull the sun from the sky. That is the sound of Motionless in White's Cyberhex off of their album Scoring the End of the World due out June 10th of this year. But the Spooky Goth Boys aren't the only ones releasing albums this upcoming quarter. In fact, given that we're now heading into the final week of quarter one, I wanted to take a look at what other albums we have to look forward to coming in quarter two. And to help with that, I once again brought on our good friend Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise. He's been on the show plenty of times. He's basically our honorary co-host. Maybe I should make him an official one. What do you think? Let me know. But regardless, let's bring him on and let's speak with Colin Sterling on the Metal Robot Podcast. Hi, Colin. How you doing?
1: Hi, I'm back. I'm here. I'm actually paying attention to the interview and not focusing on my hat or my cat. Hey, that kind of rhymed.
0: Hey, that kind of rhymed. That. Yeah, it did. <laughs> well, hey, welcome. Tom, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Now, Colin, as you know, uh, now I will always bring you onto the podcast as my music guy or like just being the co-host, being the honorary co-host of the show. Let's be completely honest. And I enjoy bringing you on for that specific reason.
1: Hey, why do as... you think I keep saying yes? Because I love it because together we're just cathodic energy and yeah. I look forward to the day where you just invite me over to do it in person and we
0: record oh. it side by side. Oh, one of these days, one of these days that we'll have that happen. <laughs> I promise you. Uh, today is by the, t- on this, by the time this podcast goes up, it is the last weekend of March, which means that it's also coming up to the, the uh, end of the first quarter of 2022, which means uh-huh. that we're about to go into quarter two, which is April, May, and June of 2022. Time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, it, like it's crazy that it's already the end of March and it's
1: insane what has occurred in those 3 months like we went from 2022 just being like miserable with deaths mm. then Russia
0: <laughs> and and
1: now it's and now it's like ah and then for me it's been moon nights in this many days moon night is in this many days and You know, I've been counting down the days because I'm a nut job. And as of tomorrow, it's one week until Moon Knight is released. But by the time this episode is airing, it would be like a couple more days left until Moon Knight airs on Disney Plus March 30th, Wednesday Mm. at 3.30 a.m. Because midnight in California is 3.30 a.m. for or 3 o'clock for us. Yeah, I'm all over the place now because I'm thinking Moon Knight and it's like...
0: See, the I the just trailer those, looks really good, though.
1: Oh my god! I've been watching everything of it, like the the clips, yeah. like the teasers, like here's what's going to happen, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs>
0: <laughs> getting getting giddy for it. And that's my how you god. know you made uh, an interesting show already, just based on the trailers. Oh, um, yeah. and, and but yeah, like even with like uh, with, with like TV shows coming out this this year, music has also been doing pretty good as well. There's been a yeah. lot of Great, great albums that have already come out this um, this past quarter. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the uh, first one that comes to mind is Nocturna. Uh, I'm not sure if you end up hearing that. I did. It album. was really good. Th- it of the was Night. Really, really enjoyable. It's yeah. Yeah. really good. Holy shit. Um, I have I was thoroughly impressed by what yeah. I ended up hearing. But next at the next quarter coming up is also jam-packed, from what I was able to find, with a lot of different artists, a lot of different albums coming out. Uh, Colin, were you able to find any that you are looking forward to?
1: Yes, uh, of course. Uh, uh, I didn't just Google it ten minutes before we were supposed
0: to do this. Yeah. I promise you that. <laughs> no, I did promise, I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I,
1: I am. I am a professional-ish guest, so we I. We're both know.
0: professional people. That's how you know we definitely did Google it like ten minutes beforehand, and yeah. did, uh, that's how you know we didn't do this like fifteen minutes late.
1: Because yeah, yeah, of course. We're, course, we're on time course. with everything. We, we the know
0: how of, to schedule. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of also doing this uh, pre-recorded. Is that no one knows when we start this. No one, no one knows when we if whether we're on time or whether we're late. Yeah. For all you know, we could be late for all of them.
1: You know, what we should just do the one time a
0: Facebook Live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that'll be that'll be disastrous. I can tell you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just we'll, we'll pick a random thing to talk about for an hour and we'll get, we'll drink while we're talking about it. And whoever yeah. runs out of beers first has to end the, <laughs> the face of the YouTube live.
0: <laughs> no. Honestly, that sounds like such a, such a dumb idea that I want to do it. Uh, so in April, May and June, that's quarter two of 2022. That's the few next three months coming up. Colin, any albums coming out during that time that excite you the most?
1: This band just keeps coming up to me. Uh, They are called Unbound. They're from Guelph, Ontario. They were the first ever video on YouTube. Well, the first ever band I interviewed that got over a thousand views on an interview. And yeah, like I uploaded it the Tuesday. I didn't check it till the Thursday. I checked it the Thursday and it's like, oh my gosh, there's over like 1,400 views and I'm over a hundred subscribers. What? (laughs) No. so they have been teasing this release for like years now. They've been teasing it for the longest time. When I talked to them in 2019 through endless tides was their last release. That came out in 2000, May of 2017 and it was a, it's a stellar album. And if we were around then, I guarantee you it would have won the album of the year for that year. But This is an album that fans have been waiting for since 2019 because they released new songs for the album. It was supposed to come out, I think late 2019, but then stuff happened and, you know, 2020, it was supposed to be released. Stuff happened. 2021, it was supposed to be released. Stuff has happened. And now finally, after a long wait, coming in May of this year, You'll be able to find "Color Your Color the Soul" by Unbowed on all streaming platform services uh, on May twentieth. And this is an album that there's three songs out. The newest one came out last week. It is a brilliant song. It's called "Heroes." Uh, Heroes Lux, very nice song. Um, you can hear. The other songs, um, The Anthem of I and Home, they're out there already to be heard and yeah, to be heard. You can find them on Spotify, Bandcamp, you know, wherever you love to listen to your music. They are an amazing black metal band. This is a very highly anticipated album on my radar for the pack for the sole purpose that I have this history with this band. This is an album that you know, I've known of for a while and this has been something that I've been dying to hear because unbowed is truly a stellar band from that wealth music scene. They are, they stick out like a sore thumb and you know, just the sky's the limit for them. And I can't wait to see what this next release brings forth from, uh, from them and to see how they expand their careers after it.
0: Well, it definitely sounds like uh that they've got, yeah, they've it, you got quite a bit of history with them, and I think that's yeah. definitely something that has helped with the anticipation. Uh, and I'm and and you're excited, I'm guessing, also because just based on what I was hearing, you were listening to the, the, those first three singles, yeah. And I'm guessing they were god tier, climax-inducing kind of.
1: Uh, it was great to hear because every album is different. Every album sounds different. You can tell the differentials between unbound. From every mm-hmm. release they have, and these songs were different from Through Endless Tides. Well, they're and, different,
0: but were they great though? That's the well, real they question. They
1: were great. It's good music. It's good music to. It's good music to me. Mm-hmm. There's the key to me. So right, yeah, you know, even though you and I have very similar tastes, we still have differences on what sounds good to us. It's a band I do recommend listening to, and. I did talk about this a couple of times ago, but I did find my Unbowed long sleeve shirt and I'm so happy I found it.
0: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Unbowed's new album, May 20th. And that is something that I believe Colin would recommend. Uh, so yes, definitely. you can def- pre-order can be- Color
1: to Soul on Bandcamp already. You can also mm-hmm. pre-order your long sleeve shirts. And, you know, from a marketing standpoint, they, they're the only band in the Southern Ontario area that I know of that is selling yeah. long sleeve shirts.
0: Yeah, there you go. So right. if you're looking for a good long sleeve shirt to get into the spring, that's definitely something that uh, that you can look into. I'd say definitely yes. look, look into that too because you never yes. know. You might, you might meet a girl at a comic book store who also has an unbound shirt.
1: Yes, and you can bond over the fact that you're wearing the same shirt one of these days. Hasn't happened yet, but – we're we're both we're both anticipating the day where we both sh- where I show up and we're both wearing the unbowed shirts. Yep. We're just waiting <laughs> for that day. And when that day comes, you best believe you'll see the Instagram post.
0: There you go. One I'm actually very excited about uh well, excited for, to the point where it's like, you know, you kind of expect it, but it's also one of those one of those albums that you're like, "Oh, good, we get another one of them from them." Is Meshuga.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. This yeah, next again. week is Sweet. literally next Oof. week,
0: yeah, so, Already? Uh, that's crazy, yeah, that one I'm probably gonna end up re- i'm gonna end up reviewing actually on next week's episode of the podcast too. so stay tuned for that um one album um that is you know immutable a- 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 uh is the name of the album from a sugar uh, and yeah. I'm excited mostly because like I've always kind of had good respect for Meshuga, you know, given the fact that it's not—it's not a genre that most people really get into that easily. Like gent, most people aren't a big fan of gent, but Meshuga is kind of like the birth of of modern gent in a way, and there's a reason for that. You, when you listen to it, you are just in awe of what you're listening to. You're just listening to it, and you're questioning how the hell this is so good, yeah. and why you're actually able to pop your head to it, despite the fact that the guitars and the bass drums are just playing crazy rhythms. And this isn't just bleed talking. This is everything of theirs all over the place. And it, it's infectious in a way, and it still works, despite the fact that it, in on paper, really shouldn't work. So I'm kind of excited to see yeah. if that... If they'll continue with that, or if they'll change anything up with uh, with Mashuga's Immutable, uh, which is coming out next week at the time of recording this, uh, Colin, anything else?
1: Yeah, Oh, God, yeah, of
0: course. But to add on yeah, top of that, you've got a lot, like, don't you? I'm I, I can tell yeah. by, by, the, by how giddy you are.
1: Yeah. Um. So there's this band I've always loved. They are from Baltimore. They're from the Maryland. The crap. They're from Crab City in Baltimore, Maryland. Truly, an amazing band. They are the only band to win the uh, International Band of the Year Award. And yes, I specifically created that award just to give them an award. (laughs) Uh, They're called Alica. And they recently announced that they are coming out with a EP called Mother Mercy. It's going to be five tracks. It's going to be available on April 15th of this year. And it's one that I'm just so excited for, you know, their last release was amazing. It was so good. And I can't wait to hear what mother mercy sounds like and how it follows up that amazing release from 2020. And yeah, that one's going to be a lot of fun, you know, I, just so everyone knows, I haven't been really into like the, um the like I haven't been a whole lot music focused a lot this year because it's just been, because eh, you know, not really having, like, shows to go to. Like, I'm not trying to diss, like, local shows. Like, local shows are great and all. But, you know, you need those big bands every now and then. You need that big band concert to give
0: you that feeling. You know what I'm talking about, Tom? Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. That's something that's… um I do know that feeling cuz cuz like it's one of those things especially as a critic like or yeah. and, as a, and as a content creator on YouTube that's for me it's mostly just because of the like um I need a name to draw people in kind of thing yeah like you know what, yeah, I'm sure like you're on YouTube I'm sure you possibly experienced that at some point where you've mm-hmm. been like you know I love talking to these like smaller local bands uh, I love talking to these people uh, all across Canada <laughs> but one of these days I would love I would love to sit down with a Metallica or a Slayer or something of that something of that regard.
1: Yeah, but I more in a fact just mean like just in general like since COVID, I've gotten other passions that I've become immensely yeah passionate yeah. about, and
0: you know I think lack of going to concerts is really just put you've basically been limited on the amount of concerts you can go to. So yeah. You kind of- in withdrawal, basically.
1: Yeah, I, I need a concert. I need a concert. Yeah, we need and, a concert. You know, Lemmy, Lemmy our <laughs> God above, knows this and he <laughs> helped a brother out. So I, I booked vacation. I picked two random days in May because it was the week of the new Doctor Strange movie that was coming out. Mm. I booked that week off just because why not? When else am I going to use it? And exactly, yeah. Lemmy says, Got you. And on the Wednesday, Nightwish is actually performing in Toronto. Oh, shit. The timing could not have been better. So it's one of those things where it's like, I have to go to this now. I have to go. I've, I've to. been obsessed with Nightwish since high school. They're a band I've always wanted to see. And you know how often they come to North America. So the fact that, you know, I happened to book off that day from work and they're in Toronto and essentially, I would be getting paid to go see Nightwish. It's like, yeah, I have, to, I have to go now. I have to go to the show. I don't care what it costs. I'm going to go. And no, tickets aren't that bad. It's like 72 bucks for Nightwish. But it's in this venue I never heard of. It's called History. It's, I guess, new to Toronto. It's like a mm. SeatGeek and Drake collab that own it. It holds like 2,500 people. Oh, in that case, it must be good. <laughs> and then, oh, you'll, 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 here's, here's what really got me. So it's oh. 70. So $72 to stand. You're, there's only standing, but there's a seating area or the, the VIP area. Know how much oh. the VIP area is, Tom? 200 bucks. I wish. I would, I would pay 200 for the oh, VIP area. Oh no, 300. $505. Oh, oh, <laughs> Yeah. That's how that i I was like that too. It was like, "Are you kidding me for a venue I never heard of, are you kidding me?
0: It must be good <laughs> otherwise, so why five hundred dollars good i, I ju- <laughs> Actually, I mean, well, why else would they be charging $500, Colin? I mean, it's not like they're greedy pricks, right? Thomas.
1: Oh,
0: we got all this money to gain. <laughs> oh. oh, you know who I'm excited to, to, to re- talk about uh, and even listen to? That new Rammstein.
1: Yes. They were on my list too. I, Uh, I Of course they were on
0: your list. I mean, come on. Who's not excited excited to hear new Rammstein? Yeah.
1: Well, especially the fact that we didn't have to wait over a decade to get it. Yeah. It's even better. Like, I'm surprised they're releasing something so soon after Rammstein, which was the last release. The self-titled,
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that one, cause that one was like, oh god, like it, it took like a fucking decade to get that one. And but then
1: again, Rammstein went through, had their battles with each other because
0: you know. yeah, yeah, I I do know there was like a huge I don't I don't know the specific of the story I write Maybe about I. it, but I can't remember all the details. But I know they went through a lot of shit in the meantime. Uh, yeah, yeah, but a quick, quick question, though, Colin, how yeah. much of of the self title do you remember? Because I feel like I... I, Deutschland
1: and and radio.
0: Yeah, because I feel like most of the rest, aside from those, for me, I feel like most of that album kind of just faded into the ether, I'll be completely honest.
1: like it wasn't a bad album, but
0: I don't like, remember hitting the album at all. I thought, I think if I, I, I reviewed it on the 10 second purge. I think it may yeah. have given it a good score, but I can't remember exactly what the criteria was.
1: See, you know what? I, I think it's one of those things where I'm going to have to re-listen to it just mm-hmm. to hear it again. Cause like, it's no, it's no mind tile. No, Reza, riser Yeah, it's no yeah, Reza, yeah. Reza. Ry- hell no. of Reza.
0: I freaking have the physical copy of that CD, like in the in my nice. CD collection. Nice. Hell yeah, because it was it was at uh one of the CD shops like, back in my back in my hometown, and yeah. I was just fucking, I I had to get it because I'm like, of rise is really that that album is, oh, God yeah. tier, God tier, Ramstein. So Tom, I mean, you know
1: how I'm obsessed with typo negative, right? Of course. And you know how hard it is to find anything type of negative. Yeah. So when I saw October Rust on vinyl at Sunrise oh. Records, best believe, I had to buy it. Of course. Brand new. Brand new. It's like to tell you that I haven't even, <gasps> I haven't even like taken it out of the sleeve yet or anything.
0: Oh. Are you ready we, to we, see wait. what it looks like? We've got a sleeve opening reveal here, people. What does it look like? Oh, <laughs> it's green. <laughs> Oh, that is a beauty. That is a beauty. It is. It's true. Oh, wow.
1: This is nice. This now makes me really excited to play. I'm going to play this tonight.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But going back to what we talked about earlier, because because uh, you got reminded of Typo Negative from Rammstein. Um, yeah. What was your thoughts on Lee East for Alada? Alada the, 20, the 2009 album.
1: Oh, is that the one with uh, Reichstein Heil? Uh,
0: Ramlade, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, Ramlade, is uh, and Vatman's Heil. Uh, uh, oh, yes. and also the most most importantly, Pussy.
1: Yes. Okay, I remember this album. Um, no. Okay, that was a lie. Uh, I remember the one. I remember um, the Heil one. I only remember it because it was in Guitar Hero: Warriors of wa-
0: Rock. Of course it was. <laughs> um, besides
1: that, I know, I know Pussy, obviously. Of but course. Besides that, I don't really remember that album a whole lot. Like, I, I do remember listening to it. But again, I have to listen to it again. Because, you know, those last two albums, like… But Rammstein did. They weren't horrible. But like… It's mm. it's hard to remember them. It's hard to remember them aside from a couple of songs.
0: Yeah. I know for me, like… um. Uh, when it comes to my own personal collection here, cause I've only got, I don't have that many, uh, in terms of Rammstein albums, but like, uh, uh, on my, di- on, on digital, I've got, I, I do have Liebisch for Al- Alada, but let's be honest, I've only, I only really end up going back to, uh, the first three tracks of the album. I've also got, uh, that Motor, which is like their 2001, uh, album. That, that features album, my... is,
1: amazing. That it, album yeah, is amazing. It is
0: amazing. Yeah. I know that. So album. good. It's so fucking good. And of course, Riser Riser.
1: Riser Riser, so good. Oh, what about the debut album?
0: I never actually got around to actually finding oh, that really album. Too. Is that one's really good? I'll I'll make sure to download um, it. I, a I lot of that albums one...
1: are good, but like, again, the issue is hard to remember. Like, all, all the music.
0: Yeah, like, in the, the, the entire experience is a little… It's a little hazy after a while. It's, especially it's if, you especially yeah. if you don't go back to it. Especially if you don't go back to it. Like, there are certain songs that get stuck in your head. Like, again, going back like with… Um, and with Liebich uh, for Alada, like the main ones I remember, I remember all the first three songs because those ones were able to stick in my head. The rest, I aside from Pussy, for obvious reasons, um, they're just, they don't stick well. They don't stick that well. And I fear that's what's going to happen with this new one. But given the fact that they've had like an, an entire decade plus another album to be able to... Uh, to be able to uh, get get their music chops back in order. I feel like that's... Yeah. I, I, I hope this one will be good. I'm not expecting another Riser Riser, but who knows what's going to happen with this new one.
1: Hey, you don't know.
0: You don't know. I guess we'll find out when it comes out at the end of April. It's coming yeah. out on uh, April 29th. Uh, the album is ZEIT. I don't know how to pronounce that. It's uh, Z-E-I-T.
1: Yeah, I I'm I, I it's okay, I'm not attempting to pronounce it either.
0: Yeah, it's translated to uh, it translates to time. So, uh let's uh you know, hopefully that uh that new album turns out to be pretty good. But uh yeah. what what else you got coming down the pipeline, Colin?
1: Oh, Tom, this one, the minute I saw it, I went, yes, yes, yes. This is a glorious album. I haven't even heard the song off of it yet. They haven't even released anything yet. But yes, this song is going to be the best, the greatest album ever created. That's good I, of course, I'm talking about Ailstorm's seventh studio release. Of course. seventh from, yes. of a seventh from, due out, June 24th. And I'm sorry, but with a title like that, yes. how can you not?
0: be I, like yeah i almost I need forgot that i almost forgot that ailstorm announced uh, announced the new album like not too long ago. when did when did they announce it? it it was last week i think right march march they, in, they introduced it earlier this month really i cuz yeah. i remember reading the article oh like,
1: my god
0: <laughs>
1: return to tortuga is one of is the songs one names? of the songs hell yeah and wooden leg part 3 come to Brazil. Oh my god, they wrote a song called Come to Brazil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, I'm picking this album up. <laughs> I'm picking this up the yeah. second it drops. <laughs> I am excited for the new Hailstorm album. I'm sorry, <laughs> I know, but f- the first two singles, whole, oh, they're really of, of good. What? Hailstorm? Hailstorm. Hailstorm. the um Lindsay Hale band,
1: right?
0: Yes. Yeah. The Lindsay Hale, yeah. Okay.
1: yeah
0: <laughs> that's his response to to Hailstorm. Where's my cat? <laughs> There's my cat, yeah. She she was calling me. What's yeah. up, Chico? But no, like Hailstorm. I'm excited for this one because like it's oh, it's it's really good to hear a new album from Hailstorm that's like also got fucking what I in my opinion, I think with the last album Vicious, it definitely had a lot more of like the openness from Lizzie Hale with like that especially about uh about just everything about her like uh Do Not Disturb was the that's the sexiest song I've ever heard. Um, a note, did you end up hearing Do Not Disturb? No. But clearly, unsaid- you've
1: never heard a Steel Panther song. Because those are some of the sexiest songs you'll ever hear. Who doesn't want to be serenaded <laughs> by being called an Asian hooker?
0: <laughs> who doesn't? I, if you if you don't like being called an Asian hooker, then you're, 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 there's something wrong with you. But and, who no, doesn't I, wanna,
1: I, and who doesn't want to hear a song about getting gang banged at an old folks home?
0: Well, I will send you "Do Not Disturb." it's actually, it's actually really good. Right, uh, I will send you the first five Steel Panther albums. Sound good? It, it uh, okay? Fair enough. <laughs> a, I think that's a good. I think that's a decent trade. Uh, but but with "Back from the Dead," I mean that first single "Back from the Dead" is holy shit. They are letting loose in terms of their mm-hmm. music. And uh, the the steeple, I think, is the next song. It was the next song that came out. Also, really good. Like you can tell what the direction you are going with. Uh, it's like uh, so. Was like a, like self like self happiness, I think, or something along those lines. But they're treating yeah. it like it's yeah. a fucking like uh like a battle cry. Like I'm like I'm here and I'm happy about it. Deal with it, the kind of thing. And I think that's mm-hmm. really happy. I'm not happy, but I, I'm really excited to hear what the full album is going to sound like. Because holy shit, those first two songs, they're fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, but Colin, uh, we've got a we've got a few minutes here. What else? What else yeah. you got? I'll, I will leave it with as you
1: I, as I clean the cat fur
0: off me. Um, <laughs> you know, I I want to bring up the one band, but
1: I can't. It comes out in August, and that really upsets me. Oh well, what well, what band is that? Muse. It's the new Muse album. Oh, it comes out in August, and not gonna lie, "Won't Stand Down" is actually a really good song. Compliance, uh, too future, with, like it's too um electronic for me. But I don't mind it, but. Won't stand down is really good. Uh, no. Okay. Just wanted to mention them because Disturb. Or no, muse. <laughs> Where did I get this? Stir- okay. Here we go. Dynasty Vinyl, The Final Advents. Mm. So, this band I heard, and a lot of people have heard of recently because of this show you might have heard about called Peacemaker. It's on HBO Max, Cray yeah, TV. Yeah. It's a James John creation, and you find out John Cena picked the entire song list for this show, and it's all like metal songs, like hair metal songs.
0: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, you, you, I, I don't, I don't want to judge people based on their looks, but you look at John Cena, you don't see someone who's into Christina Aguilera.
1: <laughs> well, no, no, I always thought he was, he was into rap.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. But at the same time, like usually with like the WWE, rock and yeah. metal is usually like the forefront of stuff that you come across.
1: But no, so besides the the main title track, do you want to taste it by Wigwam, which is amazing? Of course. Uh end of episode five. They, something happens and they end the show with this banger of a Swedish band called Destiny. And the song's called The Human Paradox. It's, I will send you the song because it's so good. It is so good. And, you know, I just, I was going, okay, I'll, I won't lie. I was going through loudwires of band albums coming out. The next,
0: I went through Wikipedia. Year.
1: Yeah, so and I saw their name. It's like, oh no way! I'll probably listen to that. But besides that, honestly, I saw Moon Tooth is releasing something, and I oh, and I God, actually yeah. I don't mind Moon Tooth. I actually really Moontooth's enjoyed their music. Um, Misery Index releasing something, mm-hmm. which is great because they're good. Anvil, yeah, Tanae, I did see Anvil. Yeah, Canadian Diehards impact is imminent 2 2 years after um legalized at last.
0: Oh, uh, that was a good album. <laughs> which we already know what the album was about. Oh, I we know what the the timing of it was even was perfect yeah. as well. Decapitated but, with yeah. all like cancer
1: culture. Oh, guys.
0: Oh. Oh, oh, decapitated! What? Why? Death Leopard Diamond Star Halos. Yep, they're releasing something on the twenty seventh. Same day as the, as Cancer Culture, which again Jesus. why? <laughs> uh, I see. I see on the on this on the same day too. Coheed and Cambria is releasing yeah. an album. Which,
1: I don't know. How do you feel about Coheed and Cambria?
0: I'm. I like some of their songs. Keyword I like songs. Welcome home. Welcome Home it. is a really good... I want to learn that opening riff on guitar. I want to desperately try to figure that out. On acoustic guitar, though? Yeah, I have an acoustic in the background. so I've Because before, I was always trying to learn it on my electric because I never had an acoustic. But mm-hmm. now I do. I have no excuse. So oh. I'll, have to, I'll have to get into that. But yeah, no, um, aside from that, uh, one album I actually kind actually of, kind of getting a bit amped up for because I heard is uh, the new Motionless in White album.
1: Yeah, because Lindsay's part of it. I saw she was on. She's... Yeah,
0: she was on uh, Cyberhex. I think it's called. Uh, she played. Yeah. She did the uh, the background vocals in the song. I I can't remember exactly where in the song she did it, but she was on that song. And I can I, I remember hearing distinctly those operatic vocals. But I, the reason why I'm excited is because yeah, Cyberhex. That ki- I'm listening to that, and it's not just because Lindsay's on it. It's because like I'm listening to it, and I'm like. I was kind of burned more or less by the last album cuz I I remember giving gr- Grave Night the Graveyard Shift uh a decent score I think like not a decent score. Yeah. I remember, I remember like, no decent yeah. score. I remember talking about that album and I was like it's pretty good. It's still got it's kind of, you know, hit or miss for some people and I know people yeah. don't didn't like that album. I thought it was okay, but then the next one was not super great. So I was like, yeah. oh no. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no, uh, don't, go the, don't go the way of Three Days, Grace. Please don't. Please don't. I know
1: <laughs> Abigail. I know that song by oh, Motionless Abigail White.
0: I got into them thanks to Nicole, a co-worker of mine, actually, a fo- uh, back when I was working at the cinema. And because uh, this person was really into, like, has a diehard crush on Chris Motionless. Um, why? F- she, she's also goth. Like, don't blame her. But- <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, but why? The man, like, oh. <laughs>
0: Everybody's got their crushes. It's okay. Um,
1: okay, understandable. Fair yeah. enough. But <laughs> like Chris, motionless. Like
0: you've seen the guy. I've seen. Well, I've seen the guy. Especially recently. Like oh god, no. Um, but he
1: looks like he looks like something out of a Tim Burton movie.
0: He is a Tim Burton movie. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, like Tim Burton, fair enough. Like he, not, and not, he,
1: not, not not like Edward, like a claymation, like the the one where they, yeah, like the Nightmare He looks Ar- like he
0: belongs to Nightmare. Yeah, the fucking Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas.
1: Christmas.
0: Yes. Oh my god, the or Corpse Clor- Bride. Corpse or Bride, or no. Bride. Yeah. Yeah, he the looks Corpse like Corpse Bride. Bride.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, but like with the last one, I was, I felt like I was burned. This one, I'm like. Okay, there's something to this new one. It's still got kind of that new tinge to it, but it's also hmm. bring me kind of back to uh, their album Infamous, which like the an album that came out, uh, their second album, their second uh full length. And yeah. I was like, okay, all right, I'm on I'm on board. I'm on board so far. Don't disappoint, I, please.
1: I'm I probably will listen to the song because Lindsay's amazing and who doesn't love Lindsay. Have you ended up hearing Cyberhex? No, I haven't heard it yet. I only Dude, found out about good. it like a couple of days ago, but I'm yeah, not the biggest motionless and white van. Like, I, don't I haven't blame listened
0: you. to them in well, years
1: I, like yeah when was with, the last time well, like
0: 2017 this is a band Keep this is also a band that happens to feature songs talking about necrophilia so I don't blame you but uh, they do oh uh, I got yeah uh, I, I got to actually pull up the fucking like song titles because they're fucking amazing but uh, but yeah, I know, the,
1: unstoppable. Oh, that was the last song I would listen to by them. Was that unstoppable. was that was
0: re- that was off the album Reincarnate? Uh, because was,
1: that was the theme song to a wrestling pay per view, believe it or not.
0: Oh yeah, No, yeah. I, I'm not surprised. Uh, okay, okay. So um, the the song is called Dead as Fuck. It's off of the uh, it's off of uh, Reincarnate, and somehow people enjoyed talking about necrophilia so much in an industrial tone that they ended up doing a part 2 in the next one. No. They did. Uh not my type um, it's called.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> um, we have our review. We're going to do it over Zoom one of these days. We're just going to react to the most messed up songs we can find by metal bands. Oh,
0: fuck yeah. We're making that a yeah, we're making that a thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll make that a thing. You can upload it to your channel. Like I don't care. There's, let's do it. Let's Let's bring the cath- the ca- cathodic, chaotic energy. Chaotic together. energy, yeah. Let's bring yeah. the chaotic
0: energy. Well, there yeah. you go. We've got we've we've got what we're doing next on the uh at, in the uh in the in the, the top the Tom and Colin show. <laughs> the yes, the Colin yes. and Tom we'll, show maybe. Hmm, who the knows? Tonight
1: Show with Tom McKay and Colin Sterling, the first ever talk yeah. show to
0: have two hosts. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we will be like Eric Andre and John Gobletons right now, except yeah except we'll have them as guests.
0: Yeah. well, speaking of which actually because I just because uh, you mentioned that, Necro is releasing an album next week. Yeah. Wait. the fun yeah, the fundamental slimes and humors coming out April 1st.
1: Is that an EP or an album? I think it's an EP. Uh, It doesn't say no. EP
0: on the list, so I'm assuming it'd be it's a full length.
1: I'm so confused now with what bands are releasing. One minute they say EP, next is an album, next is one thing is an album, next is an EP. Yeah. It's like, make up your
0: mind. It's like, APOC, stop mind. lying to me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> David APOC, yeah. stop lying. All right. Not kidding, guys. <laughs> well, with that, Colin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast once again to talk about upcoming albums in quarter two of 2022. Anything going on in, uh, in your world that you'd like to shout out?
1: Deco GoblinCon's going on tour with guar <laughs> And they're not coming to Canada! No! Those bastards! <laughs> yes! Yes! Yeah, uh, what's going on with me? Um how? Uh not much really, <laughs> you know. Um, Thrasher's Paradise I uploaded a brand new video this week. And to be honest, just I'm I'm slowly getting back into Thrasher's Paradise. Um, I know I still haven't done my awards yet, but It'll get done, mm-hmm. I promise, before this, like, maybe at the summer, just because I still need time to fully decide certain awards. Some awards I already know, but certain awards, like, yeah. Besides that, I have a brand new interview out, um, got uploaded Tuesday. It is with Idol of Fear. Um, Check out maybe next week or the week after, I'm going to be releasing an interview with a Toronto band who I love. They're called My Hallow. They're a truly amazing band. They are great, and they're releasing a new album in April. Um, Definitely listen to their older stuff because they're great. Check out the new album when it comes out because it's amazing, and My Hollow is just a great band overall. Besides that, um, you'll probably see me interview Hyperia because they have a new album out, Silhouettes of Horror, and not going to lie, I haven't heard the album yet, but I heard one song, one song and it's a cover of abba and it's gimme 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 and not going to lie it's the greatest cover i've ever heard
0: oh shit no it kidding it is
1: so good like i was thinking one thing of how they were going to do it but they completely blew me away with it because they're like okay they kept it kind of tr- they kept it to the song but they made it theirs you know what i mean yeah like they they kept elements from the original and put it into this new song it's great it sounded amazing and i can't wait to hear Let's a four which is out already and yeah definitely stay tuned to me interviewing them because i love them they're amazing people they are a great band from vancouver now and definitely someone that if i was to go to vancouver it'd be specifically to see a hyperia show no besides all of that just make sure to follow me on instagram and facebook thrashers paradise or personally. Uh, The Sterlings underscore paradise because gotta keep it somewhat related to my YouTube channel life and I just, you know, just yeah, make sure to tune into the radio shows every Tuesday night from 9 o'clock to midnight on Indie 1015 and on Monday nights from 11 Eastern to 1 Eastern 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Mm -hmm. Slick Willie Radio. Yeah. And besides that, yeah. Thank you, Tom, again for having me on and, you know, keep inviting me on to do this. I greatly appreciate it. It makes my time. It makes my week every time you invite me. So thank you. And I can't wait to see you again in maybe a month.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next, the next time we get you, we get you. Uh, <clears throat> hopefully, hopefully, one of these days, again, we'll we'll get you on the podcast in person because that would yeah. be something that. Be able, be able to actually do it like in person uh, would be actually be really cool rather than just doing it over Zoom. One of these days, I promise it will happen. But once again, yeah, Colin, thank you so much for coming on the show once again. And if you ever need need to call on your show at some point or help you out with anything, just let me know because I feel like you've come on the podcast so much. I owe I already owe you so much. <laughs> I mean, if
1: you want to do another radio show with me, sure, let's do it. I don't podcast.
0: care.
1: <laughs> I don't care. Well, but just remember, don't swear. <laughs> Uh, Oh, yeah. I got to keep
0: that in mind.
1: Yeah. (laughs) it's them again.
0: Uh, But I will keep that in mind for next time. Colin, thanks again for coming on the show. My pleasure. Talk to you later, Tom. That was Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise. All his links are down in the description of this podcast for you to check out. All right. Let's wrap this up with a look at next week's episode of the Metal Robot Podcast. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. The Reign of Fire has begun, so it's time to get the fuck out of here, but not before I tell you what's coming up next week. The GJ will be back with us once again to keep talking about Homie Yushis, as well as how it relates to his former Faith, a really interesting discussion to look out for for sure. And Tom DeWitt is back with part 2 from today, so if you want to hear about the Imagineering suite and a whole lot more. Keep your ears out for that. But in the meantime, thanks for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can follow the show on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook, and Twitter at the Metal Robot, Instagram at the dot Metal Robot. You can also check out everything Metal Robot on themetalrobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. I'm Tom McKay. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And I'll see you in the Mosh Pit next time. Have a good night.